Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Well, come on. Good morning, My City Church. Are you guys ready for the Word of God this morning? Amen. I am as well. I'm excited. If you have your Bibles this morning, lift them up in the air. Let me see them. If it's on your phone, that's okay. If you don't have it yet, you know, can quick download the YouVersion app. Pull it up on your phone. But open up your Bibles to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. That's where we're going to derive most of what we are going to be discussing today. It's going to be a great day in the house of God. I know it. I can feel it already. But before we jump into the Word today, I want to highlight that it is group week. If you haven't got, had a chance to be in a group yet, what are you waiting for? It's a, it's a great week to get together with the body of Christ. We can gather together each and every Sunday, but group is where family happens. And what I found is that it's a, it's a whole different level when I, uh, when I invite you out to dinner or uh, invite you over to my house. There's a different type of connection that can happen by, beyond just a Sunday. And what I know is that we're not meant for shallow relationships. If you feel like relationships are shallow within your life, take a moment Get, get, take a moment to get into this, a group this week. I know that your life can be changed through this group. Get together with people, connect with them each and every week. Uh, get a part of a group. You can sign up at the Connect Corner. You can use that Church Center app on the Connect card. You can find one there. Uh, but make it your purpose this week to get into your group. Before we jump in also to John chapter 17, I want to highlight this is kind of our theme verse over the mystery series. And it's Colossians 1, 27. This is, this is quickly becoming one of my favorite verses to read and to quote. I say it to myself all the time. Uh, but Paul says it like this. He says, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. Basically, that's everyone that is not born a Jew. Make known among basically the people of the world the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I want to be talking about that, the power of Christ in you. What does it mean to have Christ in you? And I think one of the best ways to discuss why Jesus came and the purpose of, of Jesus coming to earth is found in his last uh, prayer before he left earth, before he went to the cross. And we find that in John chapter 17. Jesus is praying for all believers. He's praying for all believers. That means he's praying for you. You who just came here for the first time, you've been here for the longest time, he's praying for me. You who've been following Jesus their whole life, you just decided to follow Jesus last week. And if you haven't decided, hey, that's okay, we can change that in a moment at the end of service as well. But this is how God speaks, and this is how God is praying for the believers. And so track with me here. This is him talking about you. John 17, verse 20, he says, My prayer is not for them, the disciples, alone, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. I pray for Eli. I pray for Aaron. I pray for Kelly. I pray for Casey. I pray for you as well. This is Jesus praying for you that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. May they be in us like we are in each other so that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. I would underline that. I have given you, them the glory that you gave me. God has given you the glory that he has given to Jesus. We're gonna just kind of put a footnote in there that they may be one as we are one. I in them 
and you and me. Here he's saying this thing again. It's, it's, it's like a oneness, a coming together of two things. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This is big right here. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, to see my glory. But he's given the glory. But to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love them before the creation of the world. He loves you even before the creation of the world. And here he goes again. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you, and this is, a, this is the biggest verse that I want you to pull out of this. I have made you known to them. God has, Jesus has made God the Father known to you and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. The love of the Father that he has for his Son may be in you, may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. This is the mystery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. What does it mean to have Christ in you? And I wanna be able to unpack that today with this sermon, this topic, this thought. Unbox me, unbox me. Are you guys ready today? Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. Your word is true. I thank you that is sharper than a double-edged sword to divide bone and marrow. God, it speaks to our innermost being. And I pray that it would do so today. God, that you would anoint the words. Let it not be a word that I preach, God, or a word that I say, God, but may it be you speaking to your people today. Here I am, just a vessel, God. You speak through me today. May I help me to preach a thousand messages and to come across and speak what you put on my heart to preach to your people, God, into this house. God, I pray that you would go before us today. Open our ears to hear you. Open our eyes to see you. And just right now, church, open up your hands and say these words after me. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the word of God today. It's going to be a good day. Who plans to order something online this Christmas? Basically, 95% of hands go up. But what I found is that every time you order something online, it usually comes in a box. Now, it's nothing special about this box that I'm looking at. It's the content inside the box. Now, if, if I got to explain this to you, I mean, we don't get pumped. I mean, some, for the most part, we don't get pumped when the Amazon guy or FedEx or UPS or USPS show up and they drop a box. We're like, woohoo, a box, yes. No, you're excited for what is inside the box. You get pumped for what you see inside the box. Now, unless you're a child or a child at heart, you are more excited of what's inside the box than the box. As a parent, you, you understand that sometimes they get more enjoyment with the box that the toy comes in than they do the toy itself. But for most of us who are adults in here, we are more excited about what is inside the box than the box itself. So I have some boxes here today, and uh, what I found in that these boxes can kind of be somewhat similar to our life, that we don't really know what's inside the box, and that you, you ordered it, but I mean, how many of you guys have ordered something on Amazon, they ring your doorbell, and you're like, I ordered something? <laughs> Yay for me, what I get today? <laughs> it's like Christmas each and every week. For the most part, you know what's going to be inside the box. But in our lives, there comes a point in our lives that we're searching for all of these things and we will always end up empty because what we have in the box was never meant to satisfy. 
And understand that Jesus has came, that you were created in the image of God to connect with God. Sin separated you from God. Jesus came, died on a cross so that you could be reunited with God. And you have a choice right now. You have a choice today. You have a choice to follow him. And you also have a choice to continue to lay your life down to follow him. But what's in the box? Hey, play a game with me. Say, what's in the box? What's in the box? box? I'm glad you asked. Let's check it out. We're playing, uh, what is that now? We watch these people on YouTube play with toys and the kids watch their... <laughs> it's an unboxing video, something like that, you know? So you guys are going to watch me open up Christmas here. So, ooh, what do we have here? We have an iPhone box. Is there an iPhone in it? How many of you guys, how many of you guys, <laughs> how many of you guys have bought an iPhone and you still have the box? Yeah. What is, what's so special about, you can't throw these boxes away. This is, this is an iPhone 7 Plus box. American made Nope, this is made in China. <laughs> Designed in America, Apple in California, assembled in China. Oh, but there's an iPhone box in here. Ooh, some of you guys might appreciate this one here. This is a, this is a Hollow Sun HS507C, something that you'd put on like a weapon or something. That's a cool Christmas present, something like that. But nevertheless, you know, I, was, I didn't know what was going to be. I knew, but you guys didn't know what was going to be in the box, you know. What's in the next box? Say, what's in the next box? I'm glad you asked. Should we open this one? All right. We'll open up this one here. Let's see. This one's just got a bucket in there. Oh, hey. That kind of church. We got a fireball party bucket. You know, because... Because in my life, I can try to find fulfillment in some things, you know, whether some objects that I have or I can try to drown out some things that, I, that I'm feeling. And so inside my, my box could be something, you know, something like this. You could put anything that you run to when you're stressed out, when you're going through a hard time. You could put anything over this. You know, it could be food. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be uh, gossip, you know. Nothing makes you feel better about yourself than to talk bad about someone else. So, so if you're feeling bad about yourself, sometimes the best thing for you uh, th- that you think is the best thing for you is to go and talk about someone else. But so here we have a, a fireball bucket, and the Lord is preaching today. I can feel the thunder roar. God is saying that's good. He's being louder than you guys. But we got another box here. This is the big box. How many of you guys had a present where it was a box inside a box inside a box inside a box inside a box? Who does that? Yeah, we do that. We do like duct tape, though. We wrap it like several rolls of duct tape, and then you get a gift card. Gee, thank you. But it's usually the bigger box that we're most pumped for. It's what we see on the outside sometimes that we're most excited about. And uh, so we look at these boxes, and we can open it up, and uh, what do you guys think's in this box? Huh? Candy? Ho, ho, ho. We got ourselves an Xbox... This is the, this is the Player, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds edition. <laughs> oh, some of you guys might li- like this one here. We got, we got a MacBook Pro, you know, because, you know, these things cost an arm and a leg nowadays. So might as well sell my liver to get that one. Uh, but there's nothing else in the box, huh? Well, this is pretty much obsolete here. And this one is, well, the new one just came out a few weeks ago, last week, so 
That one's obsolete too. So, but I worked real hard to get it. But then some of us, our boxes don't really have other boxes. They're, uh, they, they come in something like this. It's an Amazon box. This, is, this has a smile on it. It's supposed to mean that, hey, joy's coming because you got something. And this is how a lot of us live our lives with that smile. But on the inside, we, we don't have a whole lot to show for it. We just got a bunch of just trash. What we got here? We got a Red Bull. Man, nice. Maybe mix that with this and get something. <laughs> what else we got? Oh, this person goes to church. They got an empty envelope, though. But I mean, they go to church. That's great. We got Jenga. We got a mask, a used mask. <laughs> I mean, for real, though, who washes theirs? <laughs> <laughs> got some, some, oh, we got a connect card here. No prayer request on it, though. Okay. We got all this stuff here. You know, so it's about what's in the box that matters the most. What I found is that we can live our lives with a presentation of what we have, and, but inside is what matters the most. And so we can go around in our lives and we can, we can try to accumulate possessions and we can try to find purpose in what we get, but there's some stuff you bought 10 years ago that you got to pay people to take now, like those big old TVs. And we try to get all this stuff, but... It only brings temporary joy. It only brings temporary ha- happiness or a temporary doling of, of the feeling. Because ultimately, I'm just trying to escape what I'm in and what I'm feeling. And what I found is that these boxes can be full of a lot of dreams or a lot of disappointments. And I want to ask you today, what's in your box? What is in your box I just described a few other boxes, some possessions that I'm pursuing, um, some things that I'm trying to drown out, uh, uh, some trash. You know, it, it was purposeful at one point, but now it's used. And, and uh, what is in your box? If you're taking notes, it's okay if you're not taking notes, but just understand that I'm quietly judging you on the inside. But write down what is in my box. What is in my box? And I believe that a lot of people today are misunderstanding the meaning of Christ in you. What does it mean to have Jesus inside of your heart? What does it mean to live for Christ? What does it mean to pick up your cross daily and follow him? What does it mean to lay down your life? Understand today that to know, to misunderstand the meaning of Christ in you is to rob you of the potential of what God has for you. Do not misunderstand the meaning of what Christ is in you. Now, this is the same spirit. This is God who has, who has, he has put his spirit inside of you. We, we read what Jesus prayed before he left earth. He prayed that I would be in you and that you would be in us at, as we are one, that you would be in us so that we may be one, so that Christ may be in you. Now, it was important to understand why did Jesus have to leave? Why did Jesus have to leave earth? He prays in John chapter 16. I want to read this for you. This is out of the Amplified Version. It says, but I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. 
Well, why Jesus have to leave? Because he understands that we have a proclivity to follow what we see. And so he said, it is better that I leave so you have a dependence on my spirit inside you, not a dependence on a person walking amongst you. What is inside of you is more important than what you see around you. What is inside your box today? What is inside your box? Understand today that your life with God is one of the most important things, your life and your walk with God. This is the spirit that Jesus said he came to give you. It's the Holy Spirit, that, that same spirit that hovered over the earth when the, when the earth was formed. It was hovering over the waters of the earth. That same spirit that fl flew like a dove and rested on Jesus' shoulders. That same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. That same spirit that was in Jesus Christ, the one and true God that created heaven and earth, wants to live inside of you. Same spirit. Say that with me. Say same spirit. Same spirit. One more time. Say same spirit. The same spirit of Jesus Christ wants to live inside of you. Can I tell you that your life with God is one of the most important things that you can have? You're walking with God. Jesus had to come. Why did Jesus have to come? Jesus came to reunite us with God. Because we, when we were created, were created in the image of God. But something happened. Thunder roared. See, we're created in the image of God, body, soul, spirit, three parts. We see this, God has three parts. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You have three parts, your body, your soul, your spirit. And what Jesus is saying is, I want those spirits to become one so that I can redeem your soul. But something happened. Say that, say something happened. What happened, Pastor Eli? We find this in Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter two, verse nine. It says this, that in the middle of the garden, where the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil were. Now understand that when we were created, we were created to walk with God, to be with God, but God gave us a choice. And that choice was to pursue God or to choose our own desires. Because what is love if it's forced? If I force someone, well, you have to love me. Well, that's not love. That's abuse. What is love if it's forced? Well, if God wanted all these things to happen, why didn't he just make it happen? Because he wanted you to choose him. Because love that is forced is not really love at all. And we had a choice. When he created us, he created us in the image of God to be like him, to walk with him. But he gave us a choice. And he put the knowledge, the tree of life. I put that in your notes. The tree of life. But he also put the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And we find in the, the next chapter, Genesis 3, chapter 4, the devil's talking to Eve. And I'm speeding over this real fast because I want to be able to get to the main point. So if you want to dive in later this week, you can open up Genesis chapter 2 and, one, two and 3, and you can read the whole story of what's going on. But the devil came to separate us from God because he was jealous of our relationship with God because we were close, and we were made to be close with God. And the devil said, well, God said, did God really say that you'll die? No, he didn't. If you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he said, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that you'll eat from it. Your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Can I tell you that we have a propensity as people to desire to be like God? It's at the core of who we are. 
to desire to be like God. That is the sinful nature of mankind that wants to be like God or find all, solve all of the world's problems without God. Now he says you will not certainly die, but what I found is that we did die. We started a slow dying, a death in our physical, but immediately our spirit died. Because God cannot be one with you if you have sin inside of you. God will not be one because God will have no part in sin. So the moment we stepped into sin, we separated ourselves from God. That was our choice. We separated ourselves from God. You were made to be with God. You were made to walk with God, but sin separated you from God. Because Ephesians 2.1 says this, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. He is saying that you died. You were dead in your sin. You were dead where you were at. You were dead in your decisions. You were born into it. Frankly, we didn't really have a choice. We were born into it. But what are we gonna do about it now? And what I found is that Jesus has made a way and Jesus came and he started to speak these, these truths against lies. He started to, he said, I've came to testify to the truth and understand today though that we always desire to be like God. We desire to find our own life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, to develop our own life. And instead of finding life, we forfeited it and found destruction and death. We were, and some of us are, I wanted to call this message the walking dead. That we're dead. We're, we're walking, we're basically, if we don't have Jesus, we're walking dead people. Because we are dead in our transgressions. Because Matthew 10, 39 says this, and this is, this is what I'm going to do is I'm going to start highlighting a lot of scripture, and I'm basically going to have the Bible make my point for me. That's probably how we should preach most of the time, but <laughs> the Bible's going to make my point for me. So if I were you, I would just write down some of these passages and read them uh, in this order uh, later this week. But Matthew 10, 39 says, whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. What does that mean? Our whole life, we have been searching for life. We have been searching for life. That's why we chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil rather than the tree of life. So we are looking for life, but not finding it because what you get was never meant to satisfy. We are never satisfied with what we get because what we get was never meant to satisfy. So I can go through life looking for stuff, trying to find life, but never find it. Because you are never, he who finds his life will lose it. But he who loses their life for my sake will find it. Because the devil came to separate you from God, and he separates you from God by putting all these desires, saying, hey, 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 don't, don't choose God. Don't follow God. Just, just follow this stuff. Just follow this stuff. Follow all these desires. Follow all these things. The world can give you. You can find life in that. Because John 10.10 says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He came to destroy your life because you are made in the image of God. The devil hates you because you remind him of God. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. But why else did Jesus come? Jesus says this, but I have come that you may have life and life to the fullest. Can I tell you, that's what we're all searching for. We are all dead trying to find life, but we're all searching for life. Why is that? Understand today that you are a spiritual being. As a person who is following God, you are a spiritual being. What you see right now is temporary, but who you are is eternal. 
What I, if, if I were to lose my hand, God forbid, I would not cease being Eli. If I were to die, I would not cease being Eli. You as well. What you see is temporary. For most part, what we are living for here on earth, this side of heaven, is temporary. Our pursuits, our goals, ambitions, if it is not involved in pursuing Christ, it is temporary. Because why store up your treasure? Pastor Jordan had that message, why store up your treasures on earth where moss and rust steal and destroy and thieves break in and steal? Does it sound familiar? Why store up my treasures here on earth? Wherever you're at as a human being, you were created in the image of God. But something happened, and that was sin. Sin separated us from God, and now we have an eternal void, an eternal void within our souls that cannot be filled by anything other than the Spirit of God. We're talking about Christ in you. Why is it so important to have Christ in you? Because you have an eternal void within your life that cannot be filled with anything other than God. That is why sin is so devastating, because you were meant to be with God. You were meant to walk with God. But every time you choose sin, it separates you from God. And that's why the law came, because you were created to be with God, a life lived with God. Anyone ever have a dog in here? Dog, dogs, dog people. Where are my dog people at? Who, that, is that what they say, you know? My family has a dog. I bought my wife a dog for, for graduating, uh, getting your master's degree. And I got you a Shiba Inu. It's the Shiba Inu is that, that Dogecoin, whatever, you know. It's the dog on that coin. I got her one of those, but this dog ticks off if you open the door. And some of you have came over and you've experienced it. You open the store, this dog takes off like a dart. Right through the door. So I had a great idea. I built a fence to keep the dog in the backyard. But a lot of us look at what God speaks to us in laws as something that prohibits us from living our life fully. But I built the fence so that my dog could run without having to worry if she would die. Can I tell you that God has put parameters in your life that he wants you to live by, not to inhibit you, not to restrict you, but to give you a freedom that is ultimately truly life. Because we can go through life thinking that all this stuff is going to satisfy all the drugs, alcohol, porn, whatever it may be, anger, frustration, gossip, hatred, that it will satisfy, but it never really will satisfy. So I put a fence so that my dog could run. You were created by God to live with God. And this is where we're going we're gonna to start picking up real quick. Understand today that a life lived with him is full. A life lived without him will always be unfulfilled. Always. Because you were made a spiritual being with the physical body. So your fulfillment is not meant through the physical. It's meant through the spiritual the law is good. Romans 7, 7 says this. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin is had it not been for the law. That's why Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill. Even in our best days, we can't even be close to the righteousness that is required to be reunited with God. But 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is why Jesus came. He came 
Because something was separated, and he came to reunite us with God. It's powerful that we as spiritual beings were separated from God, and Jesus came to reunite us with him. Because Romans 5, 2 says this, through whom, this is Jesus Christ, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Here's this glory of God again. Here's this mystery of the glory of God. We boast in this hope that one day we will be like him, next to him, in body, soul, and spirit. He came to reunite us in soul and spirit. That one day we'll have an eternal hope and glory. Jesus came to reunite us with Father. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him, through Jesus Christ, we now have access to the Father by one spirit. We have one spirit with Jesus once again. Christ in you is the fulfillment of creation. Christ in you is the fulfillment of your creation. But we have a dilemma. He saved my spirit. He saved my soul. But I still have my body. That's this hope of glory. That one day, this body which I see, which is temporary, I will have a new body. I will have a new one. One that is not tainted with propensity to sin. One that is not tainted Although I am made in the image of God, I am perfectly and wonderfully made. Before I was formed, he knew me, but I still have a propensity to sin. So I'm saved. I'm redeemed because I asked Jesus. I asked Jesus in my heart, but I still have a, a body that still wants what the world has. So what do we do about this? That we're alive in Christ, but we're dead to sin. And this is where baptism comes in. And this is where I'm going to hit a bunch of verses back to back. And I pray that you track with me. Write down these verses here. We're going to be talking about baptism. What does it mean to lay down this life? What does it mean to lay down this physical life? So understand today that you were separated from God. Jesus came to reunite you with, with God. You can be reunited with God and still live in your earthly body. So 1 Peter 3.21 says this. This is baptism. This is the water that symbolizes baptisms that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It saves you by a good conscience, a pledge towards God that says, God, I know you saved me. I know that you redeemed me. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to choose to lay down my life within this water. And I'm going to rise up out of that water with a good conscience towards God. Knowing that God have, one day I will have that hope of glory. One day I will have a new body. One day I will be redeemed, not just in the spiritual, but in the physical as well. And we're gonna keep going this. What does this mean, this baptism, Colossians 2.12? Paul says, we have been baptized with him. We have been with him, buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. It says that we are being buried with God in baptism. Buried, you can't be alive and be buried. We're being buried in Christ. And this is what God's trying to say to us. Although you are alive, I need you to be dead. Because you were once dead in your body, you were dead in your spirit, and I brought you life. But now that you have life, if you wanna lose your life, if you wanna find your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. So God is coming to us today and saying, yes, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. But now I need you to lay it all down. Because at the beginning, you were seeking to try to find life. You sought the knowledge of tree of good and evil. You kept seeking that fulfillment outside of me. But I have come that you might have life and life to the fullest. But in order to have life, you have to die.
In order to have life, you have to die. Romans 3, verse 3 says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized with Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will, this is that hope of glory, certainly also be united with him in the resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So we're talking about before we know Jesus, we're dead. We're dead in our transgressions. And he breathes life to us. He says, now that I brought life to you, I need you to die. I need you to die again. Romans 6, 11, it says in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. So we've been brought to death to life. And now Jesus says, now that I saved you, I wanna be in you and I wanna live through you because it is better that I leave so that I can send the spirit so that I can live inside you so that I can live through you because ultimately I'm desiring to be with you so Jesus sending his spirit to live inside you, in order for the spirit to live inside you, the strong man must be bound first. And that strong man is your flesh. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve both. You gotta choose one day, I am going to choose to die to myself. Can I tell you, Eli died a long time ago. Is that your story? Are you still living for what you can get? Are you still living for what you can get this side of heaven? Do you walk around offering the parts of your body as instruments of righteousness, saying, Jesus, these are my hands, but I'm giving them to you. I am gonna live like Jesus and love like Jesus, and I am gonna be Jesus with, with skin on because his spirit is wanting to live in and through me. Jesus is wanting to live in through you, but he will not, he will not because you have the choice to continue to pick up the things of this world and to live in the things of this world. Romans 8, 10 says this, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Your spirit is alive because of righteousness. So your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Romans 8, 36 says this, and this, I never really understood this, vo this verse until I started taking this concept of being dead to my sin, being dead to myself. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. I thought this was because of persecution. I thought it's, well, yeah, Paul's going, he's preaching the word, man. He's, he's faces death all day long. No, 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 no. He's trying to tell his people that this is how we should live. That it is no longer I who live, Christ who lives in me. Galatians 2.20 says it. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
The life I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 1 Peter 4, 2. As a result, this is, this is Peter talking, this is Paul talking, this is Jesus talking. I think we're onto something here. As a result, a person does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. 2 Peter 1.13, Paul says this, Peter says this, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. He's talking a body being temporal. He calls it a tent because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear to me. 1 Corinthians 6.15 says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? That's why that curtain got torn. Because before Jesus, God did not inhabit human beings. His spirit came upon people, but he wanted to live within people. He wanted to be one. As Jesus and the Father are one, he wanted to be one in us and us in him. The Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So I'm choosing today to honor God with my body. You know when Jesus died, or when Eli died? Eli died December 7th. December 27th, 2007. That was the day I got saved. My life got turned around. And you know what? I was bought with the price. So now it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this is the last verse I wanna share with you today. Luke 9, 23, this is the words of Jesus. He's speaking, and this is, I feel like, wraps it all up into context. Jesus said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Can I tell you, taking up your cross daily means you have to choose each and every day to lay down your life and follow Christ. As I'm going through the grocery store, as I'm going through work, as I'm going through my life, I have to choose each and every day. I wanna pick up those things again. I wanna go after those things again because I want, I feel like what's in my box is the most important thing. But can I tell you what's the most powerful part about a Christian is an empty box because it can be filled. An empty box can be the one of the most powerful things, a life that is not living for its own desires but living for Christ can be one of the most powerful things for humanity. Jesus said that Christ in you, this profound mystery of Jesus Christ in you is that hope of glory. The power of Jesus Christ in his people, in you. Can you believe it that the, the same spirit that created the heavens and the earth, the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, that same spirit wants to live through you each and every day. Do you walk around thinking that Jesus wants to use your hands and feet? Do you go through life thinking that Jesus wants to use your tongue to encourage, to build up, to edify? Do you think that for one moment, that same spirit that lives Jesus Christ in you wants you to go and pray for people and watch the sick be healed? 
Do you think that as I go through life, that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and now brings life to your body doesn't also wanna be a witness to someone who is in desperation, that is in depression, that is in anxiety, that is in struggle and a great need? I wanna tell you today that one of the most powerful things in our lives is choosing each and every day to die to ourselves so that we can live for Christ. And that's what I pray over this church, that we'd be people that die to ourselves daily, pick up our crosses and follow him. Have those words in your head. Eli died. It's no longer I who live, God, but it's you who live in me. Because he who seeks to find his life will never find it. But he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Let's pray today. God, I thank you that you want to be with your people. I thank you that you want to be with your people. That you wanted to be with them so much, God. You wanted to be with us so much that you sent your son. God, who knew no sin to be sin for us, to pay the price that we couldn't pay, to be with us again. God, I thank you that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, nor persecution, nor hardship, nor famine, nor nakedness, nor sword. God, I thank you that you paid the price for us. And here as your people, God, we can come together and we can freely meet with you. And that's why your word says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. God, but I pray that as your church, that we wouldn't keep picking up the things of this world. God, but we learn to die to ourselves, God, so that you can be inside of us. God, a new creation. God, and what it was meant to be from the very beginning. God, I and you and you and me. Us and you and you and us. God, I pray that as your church, we will be united with you in one spirit, God. That we would be one that would lay down our flesh daily. God, that we would choose to pick up our cross daily and follow you. That we would learn how to be Jesus with skin on. God, walking around saying, all right, God, here's this body. I'm offering these hands, God, however you want to use it. God, here's my mouth. Here's my mind. God, here's this body. Use it. Whatever you deep fit, God, today, whatever you need, whatever you want, God, I'm offering my body over to you. God, to finish and fulfill the work, God. God, I'm bringing the humanity and people back to you today, God. God, I pray that as your church, God, that we would have that revelation each and every day, God. Let us not despise what you did on the cross and the price that you paid for us. God, but I pray that as your church, we would live for you daily, God. We would live for you daily, God. We would seek you daily and that we would follow you daily. So right now, God, just lift up your hands, church. Just lift up these hands and say these words. Say, Christ in me. Say it with some conviction. Say it out. Say, Christ in me. The hope of glory. God, I thank you for your word that is in this, this place, God. I've preached it to the best of my ability, God. But as your people, it's going to take a response. God, it is going to take a choice to lay it down and follow you. That we may see this side of heaven, the power of Christ in us, God. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.